This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, 1 April in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is the first day of the second quarter of a historic uh, year. Um, we've had the Harvard Business School and, of course, with Dr. Navarro, the Harvard uh, Department of Economics take on capital markets and the economy. I will come back and spend more time on uh, Dr. Rabini, who's also at Harvard, uh, about the insolvency of the banking system uh, a little later. But I want to go to the Harvard Law School. A revered Professor Dershowitz has given his life to the training of the finest legal minds in our nation. Many of the federal judges and the top lawyers in the country were students of his. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, uh, your book, Get Trump, has really been the blueprint of having a rational conversation about this. Before just getting to the charges, in reading your book and then following your uh, interviews around on other sites, which are just incredible, I've kind of become um, addicted to them. Could Could Trump's lawyers actually walk in and get this dismissed. One of the things I find intriguing, you're, you're sitting there going, there's no, they don't really have the underpinnings of fraud here. Is, is that the case? Is this thing that big a sham that you believe that if you had a judge that was really even handed, you could get this dismissed just outright? Oh, I sir? think any first year law student could get this dismissed in front of any objective judge. Start with the misdemeanor. There is no misdemeanor here. Um, you know, President <clears throat> Trump, former President Trump settled a case um, paid $130,000. No one in history has ever paid hush money and then put on his corporate form. Oh, the reason I paid the hush money, honestly, was to keep my wife from learning the fact that I had an adulterous affair or I was accused of having an adulterous affair with a former porn star. No one in history has ever put that in a form and no one in history has ever been indicted for a misdemeanor for not putting that uh, in, in a form. This is part of Get Trump. And you know, the title, Get Trump, it's not original with me. I'm not smart enough to come up with a good title like that. This title comes from the attorney general and district attorney's campaigns in New York. Their campaign slogan was Get Trump. Here you have Democrats running for prosecution offices, promising to get Trump, the man who was about to run against the leader of their party, the president of the United States, You better have the strongest case in the world. You better have a videotape of Donald Trump killing somebody on Fifth Avenue rather than paying some money, which thousands of people do every year, to have either false or true charges uh, leveled against them. And then to rely on Michael Cohen, today's New York Times has a very revealing story about that, about how the case got redone. And apparently Bragg decided ah, now I believe that Michael Cohn is telling the truth. Well, I have some headline news for Mr. Bragg and for the American public. I'm about to sue Michael Cohn because he hasn't stopped lying. He lied about me this week on a tweet. 
He said that I was involved in Jeffrey Epstein's underage island. I've never been uh, accused of anything like that. And the one woman who accused me of in New York uh, uh, said she now realizes she may have made a mistake and misidentified me and confused me with somebody else. But you get Cohen continuing to lie. He's not stopped. He lies about me, and that will come out in court. And so I think that Trump's lawyers will have additional evidence now to show that you know, Michael Cohen is not the kind of guy who just lied to his lawyers, lied to the federal government, lied to the state government. And then suddenly God has come down and, and told him to tell the truth. And he's telling the truth. He's still lying about me. He's mad at me because I called him a liar and he's mad at Trump. And that's why he was lying about Trump. Hey, let me go for a second. Let's go back to Bragg all of a sudden having this revelation that you could believe Cohen. And then I want to get to your defamation. Clearly, Cohen's throwing that out there to make sure that you can't become one of the leading voices of, of Trump's defense. In the New York Times piece, what's the revelation that Bragg has about, about Michael Cohen that now thinks he's telling the truth? Well, the revelation really comes in the form of uh, political pressure. What happens is he says he's not going to prosecute. And then in the New York Times says uh, that created an outrage in New York, a real pushback. He got a tremendous amount of pressure because in New York, Trump is the most evil man in the history of the world. And so suddenly he was persuaded that Michael Cohen must be telling the truth because if he's not telling the truth, there's no case against Trump. And if there's no case against Trump, Bragg doesn't get reelected. Uh, he promised to get Trump. And if he doesn't get him, he doesn't get reelected. He doesn't get a half a million dollars from George Soros, which he got for his first uh, campaign. And so the revelation is nothing new at all. Cohn continues but, to lie. Cohn doesn't know the difference between lying and telling the truth. And I can't imagine an ethical prosecutor, and I have a chapter in my book about the ethics of prosecutors. Uh, I can't imagine an ethical prosecutor looking a jury in the eye and saying, you have to believe this man, Michael Cohen, although he lied to his lawyers, the federal government, to the state government, to everybody else. Now, suddenly, he's discovered that he has to tell the truth. If he does that, Trump's lawyer says, but look what he said about Alan Dershowitz just a few, a few days ago. He's lied. He'd made up a story. That's what he does when he gets mad at people. He lies about them, and he's mad at Donald Trump, and he's lying about him. It, it, I can't imagine proceeding with Michael Cohn. Now, they can try to make the case. In, in my book, Get Trump, I show how they can try to make the case without Cohen, just by using Pecker from the National Enquirer, uh, the man from his from Trump's um, uh, financial, but they're not going to have it. And the New York Times story makes it clear today that without Michael Cohen, there is no case. You know, Bragg has now hired dozens and dozens of lawyers, many of whom I know. Uh, some of them are my former students. They're terrific lawyers. And they've labored for years and years and years, and they produced a mouse a mouse named Mickey. It's a Mickey Mouse case. The, the, the misdemeanor is not valid. Then turning it into a felony. Let me give you the, the piece de resistance. So they say that the statute of limitations was told. It's been seven years since this happened. Statute of limitations is two years for a misdemeanor, five years for a felony. They say, no, 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 there's an exception because he was out of state and we couldn't find him. He was in the White House. But he was out of state. And if you're out of state, the statute of limitations doesn't continue to run. Well, duh, he was out of state the day he was arrested. He was in Florida last Thursday. 
if they could indict him when he's out of state in Florida on Thursday, why couldn't they indict him the Thursday before and five years earlier, seven years earlier? Their statute of limitations argument makes no sense at all. And any decent judge would throw out the case on statute of limitations arguments. Then if there is a trial, it can't be in Manhattan. It can't be in Manhattan. It has to be in Staten Island. It has to be in Rockland County or out of state. And again, let's get personal. I defended President Trump in 2000 as a civil libertarian. I wasn't a Trump supporter politically, but I defended him as a civil libertarian. I lost all my friends on Martha's Vineyard. Larry David said he would never talk to me. I was disgusting. Ten times that would happen to any judge in New York or any juror in Manhattan who rendered a verdict in favor of Donald Trump. Oh, my God. That's the man who allowed Trump to become our next president. Don't talk to him. Don't have anything to do with him. No judge, no juror would be able to resist that kind of pressure. Is that the kind of fair trial our Constitution demands? No way. Let me go back a couple of things. You're saying the book record misdemeanor is a joke. And it even then upgraded to a felony is 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 a bigger joke. This bill bar says held together by chicken wire. You're saying it's not even held together. This thing, it, oh, there's no interconnectivity here. You know, they claim one and one so equals eleven, is, but it's zero plus zero equals zero. There is no misdemeanor case. But, there is no felony case. Now, it may have other things in the indictment. They may say that he undervalued his forty Wall Street building for tax purposes and overvalued it for. Uh, purposes of uh, getting loans. If every real estate owner was indicted for that, the real estate industry in New York would, and all over the country would disappear. Moreover, banks, they hire the best auditors in the world to do an independent check on the value of these buildings. But he may add things like that, may add other financial records case. Maybe he'll add the case of the hush payment to McDougal. It won't amount to a thing when you go after the man who's running for president against the leader of your party. It better be the strongest case in history. It better be airtight. It better be a slam dunk. It better be so good that he's going to plead guilty. And the people in his own party are going to say, you better plead guilty like they did with Richard Nixon. This is not that case. Democrats, friends of mine who hate me for having defended Trump who hate Trump, are now calling me and saying, but this case, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. Let's keep an open mind. Tuesday, we'll know what the indictment is. By the way, why do we know there's been an indictment? Because somebody has leaked it. That somebody is either in Bragg's office or in the uh, uh, grand jury. That's a felony, a five-year felony, a real felony committed right under the nose of District Attorney Bragg. And as far as I know, he's doing no investigation of it. In today's New York Times, they have even more details of what went on in the grand jury room. They have details of the argument that was made, of the preparation that was made. That could only come from people within Bragg's office. That's a felony. Why isn't he prosecuting that felony? Why isn't the New York Times demanding that there be an investigation as to how this leak occurred, this illegal leak occurred? It's another example of Get Trump, but don't get people who are trying to get Trump. Give them immunity, exempt them. People say no one's above the law. Are the people in Bragg's office above the law? No, no one is below the law. You don't apply a statute the way this is being applied, never before in history done, to somebody who's running for president in order to try to stop him. But they can't stop him. 
as I show in my book at Trump again, even if he is indicted, and he has been, convicted, imprisoned, he can run from prison. Eugene V. Debs ran from prison. I spoke to Donald Trump the other day. He called me to tell me that he loved my book. He wished I'd vote for him, but he hopes everybody will read my book. It's a brilliant book. I really appreciate that. But I said to him, Mr. President, I have some advice for you. He said, oh, wow, you have some advice. What's the advice? I said, invest in a T-shirt company uh, that will make the T-shirt based on your mugshot. It will be the largest selling T-shirt in history since Frank Sinatra had his mugshot made into a poster. So in the end, this will backfire, I think, against uh, the Democrats and against Bragg. But uh, in the meantime, it's done tremendous damage to the rule of law. And that's what I care about. I don't care so much who gets elected president. I do. I'm going to vote for the person I think is going to be the best or the least worst. That's not my point. My point is do not destroy the American legal system, the but, rule of but, law, but, something okay. that we've but, worked on okay. for 250 years but, to become the best country best on. in the world. We're destroying we have a, it. We have, a, we, have a minute, we have a minute in this segment. You're one of the most revered professors at the most revered law school in the nation. You, as you said, have trained a bunch of these lawyers. What happened in the process? How could lawyers trained by you at this revered institution of Harvard Law School be on the staff of uh, of Bragg, who I believe is a Harvard Law School graduate? Sir, we've got about a minute, and then we'll come back. Well, I don't blame them for being on the staff. I blame them for not protesting this prosecution. Look, Trump derangement syndrome is real. I know I see it around me all the time. Decent people, good people, people who have worked for me as research assistants. When it comes to Trump, their brain just shrivels up and they say, look, this is Adolf Hitler. This is the worst person ever to become president of the United States. We have to stop at nothing to do it. Uh, People have talked about taking other even more extreme measures to stop it from happening. Even if you don't want Trump to be president of the United States, you have to use legal means. That's why we have elections in this country. Vote against him, campaign against him, make campaign contributions, find real crimes if you must, but don't make up crimes and destroy our legal system in an attempt to get Trump. That's why I wrote my book, Get Trump. And the best message you can send to Bragg is buy my book, keep it a bestseller, that will yep. tell Bragg that people are watching. There's accountability. Yep. Maybe not in New York City, maybe not in Manhattan, <laughs> but around the country. P- Professor Dershowitz, just hang on one second. We'll keep it a little bit in the next block. The book is Get Trump from Skyhorse. We'll make sure it's up on all of our uh, sites and at Amazon. Short break. Professor Alan Dershowitz on the other side. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. 
Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Bannon to 989898. I admit it. I don't make the best food choices. The CDC says that I should eat six cups of fruit and veggies a day. Now, there's zero chance I'm eating six cups of fruit and veggies a day. But according to a massive study, people who do eat healthy live longer, have less heart disease and diabetes, and have less cancer. Now, I take Field of Greens, and I'll tell you why. Unlike other fruit and vegetable supplements, each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected to support specific functions like heart health, liver and kidney health, immune system, and metabolism. I take Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. And if you're like me, you feel healthier, have more energy, your skin and hair look healthier. And it can help you lose weight. But the biggest benefits is that better health promise. Take Field of Greens and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Return it for a refund. Let me repeat. It's the better health promise. Take Field of Greens and at your next doctor's visit. If your doctor doesn't say something like, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, then return Field of Greens for a full refund. And to help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order. Plus, get another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do this today. You will feel healthier, you will look healthier, you will act healthier. Fieldagreens.com, promo code Bannon, do it today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I want to draw your attention to one particularly dangerous trope that has emerged from the right-wing attacks against Bragg. If you've been following the Republican outrage machine, including many elected Republicans, you've probably already heard about the conspiracy theory that Bragg was handpicked and funded by the Jewish billionaire George Soros. In fact, Bragg was elected by voters in New York County in 2021, and it's well documented that Soros never gave any money directly to Bragg. He donated to a political action committee that supported progressive candidates who were seeking to be prosecutors, and that group included Bragg. But that, that is too nuanced for the folks who are trying to stoke fear and doubt in our judicial system. It's not an accident that the right wing is trying to tie Alvin Bragg to George Soros specifically. The conservatives' use of George Soros as a boogeyman is steeped in racist conspiracy tropes, made to stoke fear among white conservatives that rich Jewish overloads uh, or over lords secretly control things behind the scenes. The banks, the media, Hollywood, and now, in fact, the courts. These racist, deplorable conspiracy theories have a long history in this country and around the world, but it's been remarkable to watch how quickly this latest racist conspiracy theory let, attempting let me, to tie George Soros Professor down. Alan Dershowitz, who has really dedicated his life, not just to the rule of law, but the defense of Israel and about anti-Semitism here in the United States. So in the previous segment, you said he was a source-backed candidate. Are you guilty of a uh, falling into a right-wing uh, anti-Jewish conspiracy theory trope, as, as MSNBC says, Professor? 
Well, I have been active in the fight against anti-Semitism since I was a young man. I was chairman of the Anti-Defamation League's Boston Civil Rights uh, Group. I've written six books uh, against anti-Semitism, and I am one of George Soros's strongest opponents. I think he has done terrible things to America, terrible things to the world, and it is not anti-Semitic at all to attack George Soros as an individual. I've never attacked him as a Jew. I don't even know whether he is, whether he identifies himself as, as a Jew. Uh, I've attacked him as somebody who has pushed for woke progressive candidates. And I've attacked the fact that uh, 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 District Attorney Bragg uh, uh, used money given to a PAC uh, for progressive woke uh, district attorneys. And so anytime anybody uh, is attacked as an anti-Semite for uh, criticizing Soros, please cite me. Uh, I am one of Soros's leading critics, and I am one of the leading critics of anti-Semitism. So it is inconceivable to me that I would ever, ever support uh, an anti-Semitic trope. But I do support anti-Soros tropes. And I hate the fact that some people in Europe, particularly uh, in Eastern Europe, have used Soros as a kind of representative of, of Jewish power. But I've never done that. As far as I know, that's never been a trope that's been picked up in the United States. It's an Eastern European trope. And the idea that you that somehow Soros is exempt from being criticism because he's a Jew is it's, it's another form of bigotry. Uh, always attack people on the merits without regard to their religious heritage or identification. Has uh, and don't worry about being called an anti-Semite if your uh, facts are correct and your accusations against sources is correct. And, and MSNBC didn't point out any mistake of facts, and certainly I can't be accused of anti-Semitism in any way. I fought against it all of my life. Uh, Professor, being as well known as you are in the book, being the success it is, by the way, the book is Get Trump. It's on Amazon. It's at the great Skyhorse uh, publisher. Has MSNBC or anybody over there reached out to you to have you on to discuss this topic, sir? I've been totally canceled by MSNBC, by CNN, uh, by uh, the New York Times. I used to be the most frequent writer in the New York Times uh, as a lawyer. Uh, I wrote what, dozens and dozens of op-eds. Also, my book, Get Trump, is not available in independent bookstores. It was the number one bestseller last weekend, after your show, by the way, the number one nonfiction bestseller on Amazon.com. But if you go to an independent bookstore in New York City or anywhere in the country, they'll say, we don't carry books called Get Trump. So if you want the book, you have to get it on Amazon.com or on Barnes & Nobles. But you can't walk into your local bookstore and buy the book. The book has been absolutely canceled uh, by uh, people who... Uh, don't like the concept of Get Trump and the title Get Trump. They don't realize that the title Get Trump comes from uh, Democrat candidates for Attorney General and District Attorney of New York. I want to make make sure everybody gets a copy of this book. You've got to read it. This is the best prep for all the circus that's going to go next week. Remember, we're not going to fall in the trap of the circus. We're going to go after the facts here and what's important and spend yep. most time on the, on the big stories driving this country, we're beginning stages of a third world war on the Eurasian landmass. You've got a financial mm -hmm. crisis. Professor Nabini's got – I've got it up on Getter right now. The insolvency of the American banking system, the important things. Professor mm -hmm. Dershowitz, you, you broke, I think, some news here. On, on I just want to make sure I go back on Michael Cohen. 
Because Michael yeah. Cohen's now central to this. Whether you like Michael Cohen or don't like Michael Cohen, as the New York Times reported today, he's central to Bragg's epiphany that all of a sudden he's truthful. You said that he tweeted out something about you and Epstein in, in this Epstein yeah. Island. You say it defamed you. You're going to sue him yeah. for defamation. If he, if, he, if he apologized or took it down, or w- would you back off that? Or are you going to go after him hard on this? Well, let me read you the email he just sent to me, uh, Alan. As you know from our conversation on my podcast, I have and has always had had tremendous respect and admiration for you as a constitutional lawyer and scholar. If you were angered at my tweet, why not just have called me and expressed that to me? I am happy to remove the tweet. I am happy to remove the tweet. But similarly, I ask that you treat me with the same respect that I treat you feel free to call me at any time. Well, he's willing to remove the tweet. That's not enough. You know, when when you throw a skunk into the jury room, you can take the skunk out, but the smell still remains. He accused me of associating with a pedophile on an island with young people. It's just a total and complete and categorical lie. And the woman who originally accused me has now issued a formal statement saying she now realizes that she may have misidentified me, confused me with someone else. In other words, I was never there. Even when she accused me, by the way, she never accused me of anything on Epstein's island. I've never been on any island with young people, with underage people. So it's an absolute defamation. And no, it's not enough for him to remove the tweet. That may be an admission by him that he's lied in the tweet, but he has to go a lot further to avoid a lawsuit. And I suspect that A, there'll be a lawsuit, and I suspect that Trump's lawyers will use this tweet, both of these tweets, the original tweet and then the one he sent me, an email, as proof that he hasn't changed his ways, that he's still prepared to lie about innocent people if he doesn't like what the innocent people have said about them. He's mad at me. I understand him being mad at me, but when you're mad at somebody, you don't lie about them. I understand he's mad at Donald Trump, and yet we know now that he's lied about Donald Trump. So I suspect that this tweet and the email may become useful to Trump's lawyers uh, if there is a trial and if Michael Cohen testifies. Um, I just want to make sure he just sent you that email and he was mad at you and said this because you've been pointing out that he's been basically a liar throughout this entire process, correct? As President Trump has That's said. That's right. Also. I've was been that telling the, the reason truth. That he... he didn't like the truth, so he made up a lie about me. And that seems to be his common uh, modus operandi. But you can't just continue to lie about people. And this puts the lie to his claim that, oh, yeah, I was a liar. I lied. I lied. I lied. But now suddenly I've decided I'm going to always tell the truth. So what does he do? He tells a demonstrable lie about me. Demonstrable, clearly. He won't try to defend what he said. He'll probably just say, look, I was angry and I'm sorry I did this. That's just not good enough. Professor, last thing before we let you go. By the way, the book is Get Trump. We'll also talk about the next section, uh, segment after the professor leaves. Professor, about going in and getting this thing dismissed, in, in, a, in a rational world of the rule of law, a, a ju- you could walk in with facts and, 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 and get this thing dismissed before any of a circus trial, correct? Yeah, absolutely correct. And um, if his name was not Donald Trump, he'd get it dismissed even in New York. And if the case were brought in cities other than New York, it would be dismissed. It's only the fact that his name is Donald Trump and it's Manhattan and the case is just so transparent. It's so made up. Now, again, 
wait until we see the indictment. Maybe there's a smoking gun. But absent a smoking gun, absent real proof of a real crime, not a made-up crime, even the New York Times called it a creative crime. You know, Thomas Jefferson once said that for a criminal statute to be constitutional, it has to be so clear that a reasonable person, if he reads the statute while running, imagine that image, he's reading the statute, he's running down the street, here he is reading, 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 and running, and running, and running, and he has to be able to understand it. Well, I'm going to read this indictment while sitting with 60 years of experience in criminal cases, and I doubt that I'll be able to understand it because it's not understandable. You can't make a felony out of a non-misdemeanor the way they're trying to do. And so I think any decent lawyer, and Trump has great lawyers, uh, will, should be able to get this thing dismissed before it ever gets to trial. My prediction Judges in New York will not do that. They don't want to go home to their home in Manhattan and have people point at them and say, that's the judge who made Donald Trump president of the United States. He's at fault. That's what people are going to be afraid of. That's what jurors are going to be afraid of. Why this trial cannot be conducted in the borough of Manhattan. I love Manhattan. I live part of the year in Manhattan. I walk the streets of Manhattan. My remaining friends, most of them live in Manhattan. But boy, I would not want to be in front of a jury in Manhattan if they knew I had defended Donald Trump in front of the United States Senate. Professor Dershowitz, how do people get to you? We know how to get to the book. We're going to put it back up. How do they get to you for your writings? Well, the best thing is, of course, get the book on Amazon. And then you see me on Substack. I have a podcast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday called The Dersh Show. And, you know, I write at least one op-ed a a week. I'm on my 53rd book. Um, Somebody said, some librarian said, I have written more words than any Harvard professor in the history of the university. Not necessarily better, but more. So, you know, I write every day and you can read me every day. Professor Dershowitz, honored to have you on here. The book is Get Trump. Let's get it now. Load up on Amazon or go to Skyhorse or Barnes & Noble. Get Trump. Professor Dershowitz, thank you. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free, so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
Okay, welcome back. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Make sure you go. You got the uh, the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. That's a special Mike Lindell has on this extraordinary product. Remember, we don't get a ton of hours of sleep around the war room because we're on watch constantly, but we get quality sleep on the products of MyPillow. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You, get, you go to our square, you get all the sales, all the special deals, all the massive discounts, all the buy one, get one free. So go check it out today uh east palestine i want to now do more where i was going to try to get time today but it's just too jammed but i commit we're going to do it uh on monday uh there's something deeply wrong in east palestine they're the best people that's the salt of the earth out there i was as violently ill as i've ever been in my life when i got back from there my entire team is sick now they're not as sick as i was but from captain bannon to our great producing producing team also, security, everything, everybody out there is sick. There's something deeply wrong. Uh, Jeff Clark, we got to help these people get to the bottom of this, of what actually happened, who's responsible, and what's going to happen to sort things out and make this right, because it is unacceptable what's happened out there. Jeff, we're beginning to see it, and I love the fact you said the other day the DOJ's uh, suit against Norfolk Southern is a little bit of covering fire because now the EPA inspector general, and I think that is partly from the show and from other things we're putting up all the time, people in D.C. understand there's a big problem with what happened in East Palestine. Is there any doubt in your mind about that, having worked inside the apparatus at the Justice Department in this area, sir? No, Steve, and thanks for having me. Um, you know, clearly uh, bad decisions were made, and just the the, the way in which uh, the complaint, and I, I think you have it to, to show people, uh, is written that the DOJ filed with EPA against Norfolk Southern shows that because the government was on the ground, which they make a big deal about when the decisions were made, but they pretend that they weren't involved in the decision to do the controlled burn, which is the real decision to uh, focus on. Um, yeah, that's the the press release that is up. And the key paragraphs, I think, uh, in the complaint are paragraphs 55 and, and 56, especially if you look at them together. Paragraph 55 says that uh, Norfolk Southern vented and burned the contents of the rail cars, right? It doesn't uh, talk about EPA authorizing that, EPA being consulted about it. And then, you know, paragraph 56 right after that goes on to say, well, you know, we did uh, modeling with an entity that's part of FEMA. You know, originally the administration had denied that uh, that's the Interagency Modeling and Atmospheric uh, Assessment Center. That's part of FEMA. Originally, they'd said FEMA didn't have anything to do with this. Now the complaint itself from DOJ admits that they did. So if they were involved in the modeling, how could they not have been involved in the decision to authorize the controlled burn? And yet the complaint's written as if it was just purely Norfolk Southern's uh, decision and EPA didn't have anything to do with it. Um, if you contrast actually this new uh, federal complaint uh, filed by DOJ and EPA against Norfolk Southern with the one that was filed by the state of Ohio, Steve, there's actually a count in the state of Ohio one that uh, goes after and, and argues that uh, there was, uh, you know, open dumping. And, you know, that's exactly what happened, right? You know, they vented the car to the trench and then they set it on fire. Like that's open dumping, which violated uh, Ohio law. You know, we don't see that being focused on by the DOJ complaint because that would mean that EPA was complicit in all of the environmental disastrous effects that are happening there, like made you and the team sick when you were out there uh, last week. 
Jeff Clark's cut to the heart of it. This is all about dumping the chemicals out into the ditch, digging a ditch, preparing for it, knowing they were going to do it, dumping it out, and setting it on fire. That's the heart of it right there. With, with really no analysis, no care for what was going on, just to get it and get it done because they, they think of these people as trash. We're making progress on getting this because uh, to, to, you've got to get rectified there as part of what are we going to do, what really got into the atmosphere. Because what shocked me is this kind of haphazard, not really a detailed, not giving people information about what's going on for soil reclamation, for the water. You saw the Rube Goldberg thing they had in the creek uh, for the air. And I can tell you, I, have, I very rarely get sick. Very, I got one time with COVID early on in the COVID situation, right after the election, around Thanksgiving of 2020. And then the day I got back from East Palestine and my entire team was sick, there's something deeply wrong in East Palestine, Ohio, and the surrounding areas. And we need to get that sorted. Clark, how important is it for the voices in East Palestine to get in front of the uh, Inspector General of EPA, sir? So, Steve, I, I think uh, just as you're pointing to, they need to get to the inspector general and, and you know, uh, urge the inspector general of EPA to really look hard into who made these decisions at EPA. How high did it go? Was there negligence in how that was handled? Uh, you know, was Michael Regan, the EPA administrator, a direct part of that or was he out to lunch? Uh, whatever the facts are, the inspector general needs to probe into that. And then second, Steve, you'll remember that early on, uh, recognizing what a you know total cluster this was, that uh, Josh Shapiro, Pennsylvania, you know, governor said, well, I'm going to have a criminal investigation of this. Well, I haven't heard anything about that since then. And I think the people of East Palestine and others of your uh, viewers and listeners, you know, should reach out to, to uh, increase the pressure on him because he shouldn't be able to basically, uh, you know, come out, uh, sort of try to distance himself from the decisions that were made uh, and say he's going to look at it criminally. He gets a kind of uh, media bump for that temporarily, but then, you know, nothing actually happens. I think, you know, his feet need to be held to the fire. And I think the inspector general needs to hold the EPA administrator's feet to the fire and you think that this this if you get to the details here this could raise to the level of criminal negligence sir i i think it could uh steve i mean obviously uh there have been so many stories about who was responsible for what right i mean we we heard initially uh that it was the national guard that did this i think the epa the doj epa complaint helps clear that up a little bit by talking about the Ohio National Guard being involved in the modeling. Then we heard that the fire chief was in charge. Uh, then we heard that it was uh, only Norfolk Southern. Um, and then we heard from uh, the story that you and I both concluded to CNN was a kind of leak uh, by uh, Pete Buttigieg's people to throw uh, the trail off of him and say, you know, that, uh, you know, this was an EPA uh, screw up. So, you know, everyone's pointing fingers at everybody else in different directions. And, you know, the, if the inspector general is fair, he should be able to sort through all of that and get the, pe the story out to the people of what actually happened. Uh, Jeff Clark, how do people get to you? You're doing great work over there with Russ Vote. How do people get to you? So I'm at Jeff Clark US on Twitter and Getter and on Real Jeff Clark on uh, Truth Social. And the Center for Renewing America is at America Renewing, all one word, dot com. Jeff Clark, thank you. Great work. Thank you, sir. Let me go to Thanks, Rome. Steve. We've got Ben Harnwell. Ben, uh, you've got the headline from yesterday China warns the EU. 
to back off Macron and, of course, uh, the head of the EU, President of the EU, is heading to Beijing. You've got the Austrian – we don't have time to play it, but the Austrian parliament, essentially the, the, the far-right uh, group there, which has a huge share of the Austrian parliament, walks out on Zelensky's talk uh, yesterday. You've got increasing um, people flipping, including the French behind the scenes with the UAE, flipping to use the Chinese one to get off the U.S. dollar. Right now, give us in, – in how the Trump thing's being reported – where is Europe right now? As a, since we're, we're we're they're a vassal state for us because we support we underwrite their security. Where do they stand right now in the beginning stages of this third world war, sir? Uh, largely as a block, if one can see Europe as a monolithic block, which it's not. But just to, to simplify, it's following as it has been for the last uh, fifteen months. It's following America's lead for good or for bad. Um, that said. That said, uh, there are green shoots, if you will, uh, starting to come through of dissents from a number of member states. Um, now, whether this is following a uh, changing political dynamic on the ground and that people are increasingly impatient with the war and they want to see both parties at the negotiating table, or whether it's more due to the fact that the money simply isn't around and the the the, the, uh, the European uh, economy of the next 12 months is projected to nosedive, as is, of course, that of the United States, whether that is a form of realism that is impacting certain member states' dynamics. What is absolutely certain is that um, for, for two months ago at the San Remo Music Festival, uh, Zelensky wasn't invited to give his spiel. That's for an American audience. That's basically like the the, the Italian Oscars. That said, not even at the Oscars was Zelensky, Zelensky uh, invited to speak. As you were mentioning in your introduction, thirty. I, I queer you call them far right. I don't think that. I, I personally don't think the um, the 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 FPO, the, the the Austrian Freedom Party, is far right. That is. What 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 the press? That's the typical uh, scare scare term adjective to describe them. I think they they are. I, basically I, a, I, a, I, I use I use that as a term of endearment. But continue on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, they're, they're basically it's where basically where this where the European People's Party uh, would have been. I don't know thirty forty years ago before the EPP embraced. Uh, socialism. Um, it's a part like like the AFD, um, our friends, the AFD in Germany, Steve. It's a party that's very close to the grassroots and that is reflected in its policy positions. I've not seen since this war started anything quite so definitive or stark as a group of 30 members of parliament in a sitting legislature get up, stand up in the middle of a speech and walk out in protest and opposition, which is what they did to Vladimir Zelensky when he was addressing uh, the, the Austrian parliament. That is really a, a new a low watermark of, of European uh, uh, impatience with this war. They said that uh, what Zelensky was asking for uh, impinged on Austria's neutrality. Now, going over the border, if I, if I may, just uh, the Austrian border into Switzerland. There is a hero, I would think, um, on a par with Viktor Orban, and this is the uh, the, the Swiss president Alain Berset. He might not be uh, a household name 
um, in America. I don't think it's probably even a household name in, in Switzerland. The, 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 traditionally, the Swiss president tends to keep a very low profile. But he said a, a, a couple of days ago that Swiss weapons must not be used in wars, citing the Swiss material War Material Act, um, which bans the re-export of arms to recipient countries in international armed conflicts. Um, he basically said, and I quote, a protection of humanitarian and human rights law and the Geneva Conventions may sound passe to some, but it is more important than ever, uh, and that it would be extremely dangerous to throw these fundamental principles overboard now. The context of that, Steve, is that Switzerland is coming under massive international pressure, also from the United States, obviously, to um, to grant grant a derogation to this uh, ban on exporting Swiss-made arms to countries that are currently in war. And Switzerland is actually digging down again on the argument of neutrality. That might be in the European context how the um, how the member states, the European Union member states shoehorn themselves out of this 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 road with with, with no apparent exit. Uh, ben, can you hang up one second? Uh, we were, I was going to put the last block with Lara Logan's amazing interview with us last night, but it does it actually longer than the block, so I'm going to do that on Monday. Lara was here last night. She had not given an interview, I think, a month, a month and a half, and just was extraordinary in her summary of where we are. So we've got more of Ben Harnwell. We'll take a short break, Ben Harnwell. On the other side, in the last segment of the first day of the first quarter, of the second quarter, of 2023 in the war room. Back in a moment. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business Almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. New social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. 
Okay, we're going to be doing. We're going to be putting up the uh, the meeting I think that took place at Colorado Springs last week. We're going to have that up on Getter. We're going to be doing other stuff on Getter weekend. I'm putting up stuff nonstop, particularly Professor Rubini's about the banking system being insolvent. You heard it here first, right? I got I got people saying no, no, no. He's conflated insolvency with liquidity. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Read uh, Nurbini's piece from Market Watch. I've got it up on Getter right now. Getter's totally free. Download it. I'm a moron. You can use it. The easiest thing you ever did, and it'll immerse, make this even more of an immersive experience. Also, please go to birchgold.com slash Ben and get the three-part series of the end of the dollar empire. Okay? We've told you this is going to happen. We've been on this for two years now, and it's happening at a rate that's even shocking us. So make sure you go there. Uh, check it all out. Also, they have all the free information kits about making precious metal part of your investment alternatives in this uh, in this uh, troubling, unstable time. Just get the information, go through it, and you can talk to a representative. We're going to get Philip Patrick. Philip Patrick was a little slick, sick the last couple of weeks. We're going to get Philip on here next week. So make sure you go to birchgold.com slash uh, Bannon. Also, I want to make sure everybody, we're going to put it up, that the um, commercial on um, DeSantis, we keep saying for the Trump is just to focus on policy. Obviously, the circus is going to take place next week, and we're going to cover it, but we're not going to play into the into the circus atmosphere of it. That's not what we need right now. President Trump is on a roll uniting this party to win the primary, to win the presidency, and to take on the administrative state and the CCP simultaneously and our financial crisis. He's got big shoulders. He can do it, but we cannot be diverted from our task and purpose, and that is to save this country, and that's what they're trying to do. These are all diversionary techniques. Um, and so I want to make sure I'll have more commentary on that about the differences, the fundamental differences in policy between President Trump and the rest of the Republican Party and the people running against him because they're pretty glaring, including about Social Security and, and Medicare, uh, particularly on Mike Pence and Governor DeSantis. I mean, it couldn't be clearer. Um, ben Harnwell, one of the central parts here is the debt ceiling. That's what the third, ep- the third installment on Birch Gold is called the debt trap. I talk about this debt ceiling, and let me tell you, we're a long way from making this happen, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell you that the Republicans over in the House have already blinked on doing a budget. They've blinked. We'll get into more in that d- details next week. That ha- To me, that has to happen. You have to do that. You have to show now that you can make these cuts without touching Social Security and Medi- Medicare. You can do it by Medicaid and defense spending. You can't. And defense has got to be cut. One of the ways you cut defense spending and still take down the CCP is focused on non-kinetic Ways to do that. You bring back these obligations. One of the central reasons is this war in Ukraine. Ben Harnwell, are you seeing a shift over there that these nations start to realize their economic situations, like in France? People are in the streets because obviously they no longer can pay for the earlier retirements they have in the United States. I think they're trying to take it up to 62 to 64. They're in the streets uh, fighting with Macron right now. Uh, He's heading to China. Do people understand the reality of the economic situation over there and why this Ukraine war, you're just pumping billions of dollars, tens of billions, hundreds of billions into a charnel house between two Slavic entities, sir? Well, um, if there are people in France who see the economic reality of things, they're probably not the people who are, um, who are rioting and protesting to defend their rights to retire at 62. I tell you who does probably understand the reality of things, not just in France, but in in the European Union 
in general, and that's Emmanuel Macron himself. I know we give him a bit of stick on the war room, you know, because he's small, he's, he's got a Napoleon complex, and he married his mother. But he, he broadly, I would say, if you, if, you, if you consider the guy totally as a Frenchman, his, his instinct, I think, is more or less the best one can hope for out of France. It is interesting that he is going, that he is the head of state who's going with Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, to China between the 4th and 8th of April to discuss the Ukraine war. It's pretty unusual. I can't remember the last time uh, the, the president of the European Commission made an overseas journey and took only one other head of state with her, or even took a head of state with her. Um, and if you want a crazy Harnwell uh, prediction as to what's going on here, um, there are going to be some changes in in um, in the European Union, but largely because Jens Stoltenberg uh, has refused an extension, says he doesn't want one, to his mandate as Secretary General of NATO. Uh, so he'll be leaving. I think he's going to the Central Bank of Norway, um, which was sort of delayed now by, by will have been delayed for two years, uh, autumn this year. And there is talk of Ursula von der Leyen uh, stepping in and replacing him. Her term would come to an end uh, anyway um, in 2024. Why, why, do, why do I uh, highlight the fact that, that Emmanuel Macron is, is going with von der Leyen to China? Um, well, you know, he, he just he escaped by the skin of his teeth in the confidence vote on French pension reform last week. This is his second mandate. Um, it would be unusual, um, but if Ursula von der Leyen uh, is, is, is going to cut short her term as president of the European Commission, I, I wouldn't see it as unfeasible, as unseeable as Macron yeah. calling it quits in France and going over to, um, to be president wow. of the European Commission. The interest, what, what the importance wow. of this, Steve, with regards to the war in Ukraine wow. is that Macron is probably the European, you know, the, the, pro, the, the leader who is 100% pro-European, who is most uh, sceptical towards the US military industrial complex and most open yeah. to uh, serious negotiations with Putin. That's the background ben, to, to these dynamics. Ben, we get, we have to bounce. Uh, how can people get you over the weekend before we get you back on here Monday? On, uh, Thanks, on Steve. It's, it's simply my surname on Getter, uh, at Harnwell. That's, that's why I am. And I've, I've posted some interesting things over the last few days if folks want to, 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 to get on there and check it out. Yes. Perfect. Okay, thanks. Um, East Palestine, we couldn't hook up. There's going to be a protest out there today. We couldn't hook up by uh, phone or by Skype. We're going to be back Monday. We'll be up on Getter all weekend. There'll be a lot going on, so check it out. Love to hear your comments, your observations. We'll be back here Monday live. You've been in the war room. Uh, big weekend ahead of us, big week ahead of us. Make sure you're on topic, on point in the world. Thanks. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, 
antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.